Get them, boys. Get them, or it's curtains. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Why aren't the LRTs driven by robots? Do we have that technology? LRT technology? Yeah, it's all over the city. Coming to you almost live from the pages of your favorite comic book. This is The Unknown Studio. What's that in the sky? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Scott. And Adam. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and we're in the sky because I'm gassy. <laughs> okay. And kind of bloated. We're actually in a terrifying basement. <laughs> that voice you hear is the man we've trapped down here. Mr. James Leesk has joined us from Comics the Blog and podcast the comics the the worst name podcast no. on the internet it's it's actually impossible to search in itunes <laughs> podcast the comics. because all iTunes. of the podcasts turn up first comics podcasts yep. it just it's an infinite loop and that other voice you just heard was brandon schatz also from podcast the comics and comics the blog indeed and we're here to talk about those things podcasts comics and, and blogs. blogs yes <laughs> and Maybe later, severed limbs. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I've been told that I'm Scott not. I'm not willing to. Uh, <laughs> I've been told that Scott to has a murder room. <laughs> yeah, he You're in the murder room. <laughs> oh man, this is a pretty swanky murder room. I, I never said it was a bad looking murder room. Well, when because it Just came the tarps aren't out. Well, because <laughs> the person told it to me. Like we've been talking about uh, how I met your mother, and in the murder room in that is you know like. Chains hanging from the ceiling, stain-proof <laughs> tile. I'm like, this is pretty good. I mean, you have to put a tarp down. Well, it's carpeted, but the, the reason it got a reputation as a murder room, and technically this isn't the murder room. The uh, the storage area next to us is the. Murder you know room. where all the because corpses were when you there's came. There's a drain. In. <laughs> there's a drain in the floor. There's a big sinks. There's uh, a free a chest freezer and a set of bone saws. <laughs> and no, and and the basement is soundproofed because. Uh, the previous owners were musicians. <laughs> were musicians? No, there was a drum set down, here, so they soundproofed the basement. So, did you like open up any of the drums? And like, <laughs> these drums are heavy and they smell like blood. We were just touring the house before we moved in. We didn't want to look into anybody's. Yeah, you know that they just put the drum set down here. Just, yeah. so you'd be like, oh, that's why it's soundproof. Yes, we're in a band. <laughs> Would have been really weird if on the a materials it actually band. said the murder room in the basement. I think that actually you legally have to. What? We could talk to Jerry Allenbach about that. But you have to legally disclose the history of a house. And if there was a murder committed in a house and you're selling it, you have to tell the people buying the house, by the way, this is the murder house. <laughs> and so that they are, they need to legally be aware of that. No one will buy it except Tim Burton. <laughs> you never know. I was wondering why this place was called Stabworth Manor. <laughs> That's not at all what it's called. <laughs> That's what I've been calling it. <laughs> That's why it's hard to get guests for this show. <laughs> Come to Stabworth Manor. I don't think I will. <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. Uh, I don't instead of being on sooner. <laughs> that's true, because you're weird. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah. now, what possessed you in your infinite weirdness to start a comics uh, blog initially is what it was, right? 
Uh, basically, people being dicks on the internet, and a, and a little bit of Matt Fraction telling people don't don't be dicks on the internet. So you were frustrated with all the dicks on the internet, and you figured that this one blog would fix. <laughs> uh, the, the, <laughs> no, oh, sorry, sorry. The, I was the, only half listening. The literal and actual dicks <laughs> on the internet. Well, because Brandon, I used to write for another site, and he actually he was an editor there, and he brought me on as a writer. Yeah. And like great people, we like writing for the site, but eventually, especially after Matt Fraction, and it was in one of the reissues, uh, the first, the back matter of the first. Uh, reissue of Casanova Luxuria. Uh, he talked about uh, like the idea that you know be positive, put things out in the world, it, don't tear things down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been for a while getting kind of tired of just you know writing reviews and have to put like a number at the end, like quantify how much I like something. Yeah. And, and then Brandon and I kind of independently kind of came to you we wanted to do different kind of writing, and then Brandon approached me about starting a site. Yeah. And this was also after I tried to propose some changes at the site of. Uh, especially since n- none of us at the site were getting paid, I didn't feel like we were uh, we should call ourselves reviewers and 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 treat it with like specific numbers because everyone has a different number system. Everybody's numbers were arbitrary, could change week to week because you just read something better. And so, or you end up in really weird situations where you like you start going like, okay, well, I gave this one comic a, th- a four. And I really like this other one, but do I like it the same amount, or do I like three point five? Like, but three point five sounds like I don't like it enough. And you get in those weird mental like conversations with yourself about that. And I mean, I hate any kind like I hate uh, the thumb system, the star system, the AV, the AV clubs uh, letter system, and other things about the AV club. <laughs> as, as it turns out, they read that article. Yeah, they did. The one that, really. I, I, I wrote about uh, how uh, their, their approach to TV reviewing. And you and wrote about that on your on your on existing blog because I believe I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't read everything you guys write, but some of the stuff oh, yeah. I do go through. Yeah, and then like you know, the next day, all of a sudden the hits were going up, and uh, there was a comment from like one of the writers on the site. A and few of the writers stopped by. Yeah, it was. I think it was Rowan Kaiser. Yep. And and he was really polite and nice, and we had a good conversation. And then uh, Todd Vanderwerf, like the editor of the TV section, showed up and. And it turns out, one, I forget if it was Rowan or Todd had like somehow like it get it shown up in the track back or something to like one of the articles, and so like they put a link to it at the end of like in like the stri- like the the stray musings or I forget what they call it in their reviews. They put in like one of those or one of the comments. Yeah. And yeah, people started coming there, and it actually ended up being a really cool conversation. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, mm-hmm. was it was it because if that that happened to me, even when someone posts something remotely negative, I'm just like. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't want to have to deal with this. I, I freak out. Well, to be fair, I mean, it was, I think the tone, the, the positive tone of our of that conversation was the result of them mm-hmm. being professionals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was one joke, there was one line in there where I think I, I, I said like, oh, fuck you. And uh, to be fair, I, st- I stand by the sentiment, but I knew when I was, when I published it, the words were probably a bit strong. Yeah. And to be fair, they could have taken that and run with it and insulted me, but they were professionals and we talked about kind of, you know, the issues I have with the site and, or some of their approach and over basically I thought I think that their their approach is kind of fundamentally pessimistic mm-hmm. in some ways and uh, and we talked through that and I, we still had disagreements but we can't you know it was an amicable really friendly discussion and Absolutely. that was really cool mm-hmm. well and uh, a, a sign of a, of a true professional is someone who can take constructive criticism absolutely and and even if they don't end up doing anything with it can at the very least accept that not everybody's going to agree with how in the case of of a website, for example, how they present their material, um, 
and can defend their choice yeah. and not resort to just name-calling or dismissing you. And to be fair, besides the cuss, I was re- I was fairly polite. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, nothing I said was worse than it's in any of the comments sections of the club. <laughs> yeah. That's they, the have, they have some yeah. loyal fans who are vitriolically mean to them. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or oh, yeah. just vitriolic about like, the shows they love. And that's the kind of thing, back to you know the original question, that's what got Brandon and I started on Comics the Blog. It's like the idea that like nerds are so passionate uh, and get so passionate about what they like, but it's the the passion often comes out so negatively. Like they talk about these things as if they hate them, mm-hmm. and we wanted to kind of have we you know start the anti-internet basically. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's how we phrased it. I think in one of our early discussions, absolutely. And it was the idea that we wanted things to be positive and only talk about that's that's our only editorial mandate on the site. Is, the two, the be positive and talk about ways to be better. Yeah, the uh, yeah generally I think. Uh, a lot of people with with things that they love, mm-hmm. they hold it to an impossible standard. And so when something goes wrong, like when a se- season seven of Buffy comes out or a Star Wars prequel, they can't help but be disappointed and hate it. Yeah. Even as much as they love the intellectual property, they hate it. Uh, whereas maybe it is... Uh, important also to take a step back and go, okay, well, here's what's worked about this. Yeah. Here's the stuff that's good about this. Or How could we improve upon this? Or, hey, this was an episode of TV. No, yeah. No, you know, no one, no one shot my mom. <laughs> this is, this is kind of why. That's I'm, called perspective. Yeah. This is kind of why I'm a little terrified of what's going to happen when the Arrested Development stuff starts actually. Oh, happening. yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm genuinely gleefully looking forward to the internet's horrified reaction. <laughs> To it, either not matching their memory or or just small perceived slights. Or, or, yeah, or just the fact that, you know, years later, maybe they can't, ca- with the same casting people, they can't capture the same magic. Or it's good, but it's not as amazing as those three seasons were. I'll, I'll point out two examples of things like that. Family Guy mm-hmm. and Futurama. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like the current Family Guy. Uh, and it's because they they had something good going when they started. They got canceled. They got brought back. And it's like the show became a giant F you to the network for having canceled them in the first place. Well, I think part of it was uh, it was that uh, basic, like, I think what was so good about the original few seasons of that show was that there was always that tension yeah. with the network. What can they get away with? You know, what didn't they get away and, with? And, and now there's no tension because they can get no, away with They're anything. untouchable. Yeah. If you sell that many million DVD copies and you get brought back, you know, you can, you know, you can tell Fox to blow you. And yeah. It doesn't matter. Like the Simpsons was always artful about it. But yeah, yeah. even they got away with it because they were the biggest, you know, they, they were a groundbreaking show and the biggest animated like show on television. Yeah. yeah. And Family Guy can do that now, but their tone is different. And yeah. Uh, comparatively Futurama, which I still love, mm-hmm. but I would I would be willing to say it's it's not quite the same as uh, back before it got canceled. They lost just over that that length of that break and having done those little kind of short movies. Yeah. They kind of lost a little bit of the magic. And maybe they'll capture it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll hit their stride next season. I don't know. And did they but, come back with the same basic core group of people? Yeah. It was oh, yeah. a smaller group. Okay. Uh, because they didn't have Fox money. They had like yeah. uh, Cartoon Network money or company. But they, so, they brought back the, I would say, the important people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it just, it, it wasn't quite the same show mm-hmm. because, of the, because of the gap. And I, I kind of agree. I don't think Arrested Development is going to be quite the same. No. As it was. And especially, it like, it, it probably won't. It's not going to have Fox money, even what little money Fox was giving them. Yeah. It, it's got, like, Netflix is trying something money. 
Though so. I haven't, seen, I know I haven't watched Lilyhammer. I hear I hear it's pretty good. I have no idea what its production budget's like. I know they somehow afforded like Stevie Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is... But I again, I haven't watched that either yet. Is that the only Netflix produced show right now? Yeah, so far they've also got a Fincher one in the works, and they've got the new, and that's going to be another original series. And then they've got. Uh, uh, Arrested Development, and there's another one that I think they've been talking about. Hmm. So they're, they're, they're going more and more into the original content. What I think is interesting is that even though it's still episodic, like, you know, I th- like eight episodes or ten episodes of Lilyhammer show up, at, show up, they all show up at once. Really? Yeah, and it's it's not, it's it's not kind of like, you know, it, when they buy the license to Breaking Bad, three seasons show up. And it's, it's interesting... It must be. I wonder if there's going to be a difference in how shows are produced if they're made that way. Yeah, because, because they realize that people are starting to watch. They don't. I don't just watch one episode of of Torchwood. I watch like four in a row. Yeah, and that's that's the I experience. Burned through uh, the first season of the Larry Sanders show on Thursday. Show. <laughs> it was just. Or it's, like, or it's like how shows on uh, HBO or the BBC are paced differently because there's no commercial breaks. Yeah. So, I mean, because the traditional TV structure for half hour is three acts and it's all broken by the commercials. Yep. And it's like uh, five, it's like six acts or so with an hour long show. And, you know, you get HBO or you get BBC, that that's not there. And it changed. I realized when I tr- realized how they were changing, the like when, watching Doctor Who, like how differently it's constructed because of that. Yeah. They don't have the same kind of breaks. Hmm. I've actually never really paid attention to that. I wonder how it affects me. <laughs> it makes me watch dozens of shows in a I'm, row. I'm a dude that spends a lot of time thinking about uh, the mechanics of TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. So if if uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying podcast, the comics, the blog, because it's I get confused. Yeah, no worries. But it, the blog, it, it's fair to say that we would see very little negative uh, stuff there. You guys really are trying to keep it upbeat. I mean, I, oh, I know yeah. you're sarcastic and, and all that stuff, but... And even that, we're not, we tend not to be sarcastic about things we're writing. Any any negativity on the site is directed towards the two of us. Yeah, it's from it's each us. other. Oh, okay. And because <laughs> we're, you know, close friends, we're brain twins. I mean, he's the one person I can see pretty much anything to. And I've said horrible things to Brandon. Absolutely <laughs> He said things. horrible things to me. <laughs> and it's because, who else can you say that to be your best friend? Yeah. And that's it, really. Whereas, so like, and if we're writing about a comic... We don't, you know, we might acknowledge that things, you know, mi- minor pacing issues or something. But generally, we just, we want to talk about why people should read it, mm-hmm. not a, a review. If any negativity comes in, it's in, like, editorial pieces where we try and do a counterpoint. Often to, ner- uh, at least when I write it, nerds or geeks getting up, you know, getting really, like... People on the internet. People on the internet <laughs> getting really angry about stuff, I, I, I think, often unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So I try and often be kind of, a, a, like... You know, voice of not if not reason, mo- like kind of mo- moderation. Yeah, just to say like your issues are real, but let's kind of simmer a little. Bit. <laughs> let's realize they're not that big a deal. No, yeah. Or there'll be an issue, or there'll be an article where I talk about why Mark Millar is being an outrageous dick, <laughs> but I don't use those words. No, I'll say I disagree with him. <laughs> I disagree with that outrageous no. dick. Well, and I, said, <laughs> I, I, I think I said he was being disingenuous. He was making an argument in bad faith. Which I think he was, but I don't insult him. I don't write negative. I, I don't comment on his comics. That's cheap. Yeah. And I like some of his comics. Some yeah. of them I like. Some of them I don't. So it's it it demeans it would demean my my point to be like, well, yeah, well, Ultimates two sucked or something. <laughs> and I, I've never read. It. I don't know. Is it good? It's good. See, there you go. It's good. So <laughs> is uh, Brandon? Are you like the comic dictionary or the comic encyclopedia, where anyone can come up to you and say, "What about this one?" 
more or less. <laughs> um, at least starting with uh, Ben Ri- Ben Riley Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. How did uh, you fall into this this little? Uh, my well, first off, my cousins sort of trained me on comics. Uh, whenever I was over at their their house, they would just let me read their comics. Uh, and from there, I just sort of started reading whatever I could, which in, in a small town amounted to like what Spider-Man comics would come to there and what I could get away with hitting the comics or once every six months in Red Deer. Oh, woo! that must have been torture. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. And especially if you wanted to see any any book that didn't have, like, Spider-Man or the X-Men in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really hard to get a hold of, and you, you were chancing, like, six months' worth of stuff. Maybe being at the comic store, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so uh, when, I got, when I got a car, that, that'll change. <laughs> that was awesome. And uh, Just full of comics started, all the time. Started getting into it. When I moved to Edmonton, uh, I just had one of those... Uh, lucky moments where as I'm searching around doing my comic store auditions, there was a sign being pasted in the window just being like, help wanted, part-time. And I was just like, I will be back with my resume. (laughs) Wait here. (laughs) And five years later, you're the manager. Yep. It was a good time. You're Mr. Manager? I'm Mr. Manager. We just call him man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you said Mr. Manager. (laughs) So you're Mr. Manager at Wizards Comics. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and I I hear tell that someone can say to you, "I'm interested in a comic that's like that's like this," and you will put something in their file that will make their brain explode. Oh, absolutely. You explode brains, is what you're saying on our show to everybody. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be used as evidence. He's uh, he's exploded <laughs> my brain before. <laughs> what? You're still alive? Yeah. How is this possible? Magic. Tell me about your brain exploding experience with Brandon. Uh, I had inquired around town, some other places, about uh, getting a particular comic that I know is out of print at present, and uh, Brandon was like, "Yeah, I'll hook you up, no problem." And like the next week, he was like, "There you go. I found two copies. I found two. I'll well, tell you the one that doesn't have a bend in the cover. And I was just like, okay, sweet. And everyone else service. was just like, no, it's impossible. This You cannot have this. Really? You cannot possess this thing that you desire to spend money on. <laughs> and for me, it was Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Which is an amazing series written I by- I have at least the first one kicking around somewhere. Yeah, and it's awesome. And I only knew it of, of it as the comic written by the guy from My Chemical Romance. And I mean, they have a couple songs I like and a bunch I don't. And I was like, oh, really? And Brandon's, I remember Brandon said, no, 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 seriously, check this out. And yeah, so he sold me uh, the co- the collection, the first collection that Scott just held up. And I believe, I believe I sold it to you on the basis of Zombie Robot Gustav Eiffel. Yeah. Which is like page yep. five. Yep. And Well, I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, Brandon's really good at selling comics. And that's all I'm going to say because he gets two compliments a year. I get two compliments a year. He gets and compliment- this is skirting. This is skirting it. He is not terrible at his job. <laughs> you really got him under your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> he, gets a compl- he gets genuine compliments, uh, barring, you know, like genuine crises or something, yeah. on his birthday and on the anniversary of the site. Wow. Yep. And when is the anniversary of the site? January 10th. Yep. So you've been up for just over a year. Yep. About yep. a year and a half. How do you, how are you guys able to produce so much content? Because that that is the number one challenge. I think I threatened to I threatened to hit Brandon until com, uh, content comes out. Yeah, pretty much. So you're the man. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's a lot better at getting content out than I am, um, which is why he threatens to hit me. I I I aim to do uh, something every day, and probably at best I get three a week. 
Yeah, you've done three a week once since you started saying, I'm going to do it every uh, once, <laughs> something with my name on it every day. So he officially does three more posts on his website than I do on ours. It's true. So let um, this be a warning to you, Scott. I'll make James yell at you if you don't write more. That's not really going to work. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we try and have like one thing up each day. And we yeah. have some recurring features like Monday we have the best of the previous week. Tuesday we have the comics, the five comics people should check out this week. Wednesday is the podcast. Thursday we've started doing a uh, you know, letters column. Where we solicit questions. That's right. Twitter. I've seen that. Um, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, 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 actually. And then Friday, uh, when we don't get kind of get sidetracked and we actually do it, it's uh, your welcome internet. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's just the, and that's just a collection usually of, of pictures and animated gifs and kind of our, our summary of the week and what we're going to do on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So what's uh, are you guys getting pretty good traffic? Is there a, is there a market for this? It's it's slow growth. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's still growth. Yeah. And plus, we got to talk to like our all-time favorite comics writer last week. Yeah, and, that, and it's cool because like some of the uh, we do, we don't get a like giant traffic, but it seems like the traffic we get really likes us, and they kind of they clue into us. And creators like seem to kind of they like the way we write. Huh, that's amazing. Uh, to be fair, it it it's a bit of part and parcel with our we talk about the things that we like about the thing you wrote. Yeah, and generally the internet is not that. It's like, uh, I liked it, I guess. Um, Except for all this part. Yeah. I might wipe my and the ass art was it. kind of terrible, and the writing could have been better. Yeah, yeah, like in a standard review, you get those two paragraphs where it's things that people liked, and then there's like the two or three where it's like about things they didn't. And I just, I find it uninteresting to read about people, why people didn't like things. Uh, like I try someone like someone sent me to a review of Fifty Shades of Grey this week because I made some jokes about it because yeah. we've talked about starting a book club for the podcast where we'll, where we'll read a book and have a guest on and w- the person turned us down <laughs> to read Fifty Shades of Grey. Really? Yeah. I think I can. I think I can uh, turn her around on it if I tell her that we're mystery science theatering it. Okay. Yep. She does love it. She does whatever love the that. acronym is for that show. Yeah. MST three K. Yep. I didn't. I didn't want to get beaten up by geeks on the way out. <laughs> well, different kinds of geeks. I'm. I'm a geek about a nerd about many things. That's one of those shows that's kind of slipped through my my fingers. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, each of them, them, and they're highly amusing. But I never got into it. I never really got into it either. I have some friends who are deeply into MST3K though, and mm. will constantly bombard me with stuff. Not that's a bad thing. It's fairly humorous. But I admit I have dozed off and slept through a few episodes. Yeah. 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 But so basically, someone sent me like someone sent me a link to like this you know negative review of it, and it was a sixteen hundred word negative review of uh, of Fifty Shades. So it was really his thesis on how bad the book was. Yeah. yeah and I kind of just went like a sixteen hundred word article about something someone doesn't like is like is like fifteen hundred ninety words too long. I read Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't like it. That's all I'm. That anything more than that, if something, does, if someone writes something negative and isn't Chris Sims, <laughs> that's... we do like that guy. Or or Ebert, I do like Ebert when he went uh, when Ebert like really tears into, for example, The Last Airbender, which I'm still angry about. Two years later, <laughs> I'm angry about seeing that movie. I I believe I made him watch uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the live film for the old comics that we worked for, and Marmaduke. That's how, that was my first piece for the site. That was my trial piece. Oh I my saw Marmaduke, and he, and the the like the day of or the day before, he's like, because he was going to see it with me. That was the condition. The day before, he's like, I can't. <laughs> I got shit to do, man. I don't know what to tell you.
So we've got some uh, some exciting news for the live show, don't we? We sure do. It's uh, it's turning into a, a manageable but sexy beast, uh, or uh, an unmanageable, horrifying monster. But well, yes, sort of. And we've we've actually added a few more guests to the show, including a musical guest of some repute. Isn't that right, Scott? That is true, uh, though I'm not certain which particular musical guest you're referring to. The most recent one that we added to our list. Okay. Well, uh, well let's, let's, take this, let's rewind this all the way back. Yeah. We have an exciting lineup for the show. Undoubtedly. Uh, and we decided that we're going to make it kind of a variety show with uh, a little bit of us, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of music, something that the whole family can enjoy. Except, Except you shouldn't bring the whole family because Adam will be swearing. And actually had one of our guests ask if it was okay if they swore as well. Well, there you go. So I don't know which guest. I'm just going to assume that it is the lady guest. It is the lady guest, yes. Excellent. Uh, so uh, for for the management of our show, we decided to bring in an expert because we've never done anything like this before. No. And uh, who is that expert? We are going to have Trent Wilkie run the show for us while you and I caper about on stage. And Trent Wilkie is a man of many talents. He is. He's a he's a reputed outdoorsman, a fighter of the zombie apocalypse, and one of the dudes from Mostly Water Theater here in Edmonton. Indeed. He knows how to run a, a show with nothing more than some Band-Aids and uh, some bubblegum to hold it together. I don't think we can afford bubblegum for this show. Oh, okay, well then just Band-Aids. Okay. And that's Band-Aids that we've stolen from Happy Harbor's first aid kit. Absolutely, yes. 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 Uh, then we decided to bring in some musical guests. Yeah, we yeah. we uh, started with uh, someone who we're a big fan of. She was on our show, I believe in our first season. Yeah. Uh, local musician Erica Viegas will be on our live show. And we are happy to have her back because she is amazing and talented and lovely. Very much so. And then we decided to add some people who aren't quite as lovely. Well... But are still as talented. That's true. It's true. Uh, Apocalypse Cow. Yes. It's a, it's a quintet, is it not? They are. They are an a cappella quintet. And they are going to sing some soothing vocal tunes. They, they will croon, if you will, <laughs> at the audience. It'll be fantastic. Indeed. Now... This is all fine and dandy. We've got some entertainment going on, but who are we going to be talking to? Well, I'm glad you asked, Scott, because uh, we just a, f- a few days ago secured our our two guests. The first one is a local author, a former journalist, and an entrepreneur, uh, the co-owner of Story Engine, Mr. Todd Babiak. Really? Yeah. What's What's he ever done? Well, uh, he worked at the Edmonton Journal for a long time, and uh-huh. then he wrote like 23,000 books okay. uh, about Edmonton, and then he started a marketing company that uh, that's doing quite well, really? so not, uh, not a big he, deal. What's he done lately? All of those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really happy to have Todd on the show. Someone we've wanted to have on the show for a while. Absolutely, a fact, yeah. And just, we decided, why not save it for something special? And this is that something. Indeed. And who else did we get? Well, uh, just finished chatting with her, uh, as I said a few hours ago, uh, Dana DiTomaso, who is CBC Edmonton AM's tech columnist. She's also a local uh, business owner and one of the um, co-managers, co-runners, I suppose, of Edmonton's Girl Geek Dinners. And she has promised that she will swear like a sailor. She has promised. She asked me explicitly if she was allowed, and I, I couldn't say no. Well, 
it would have been very hypocritical of you, yes, in particular, to say no. Fuck yes. <laughs> and and one final guest uh, in the world of comedy, um, Liam Cresswick will be doing a a set of his nerdish comedy stylings. Indeed. So we've got a, a great lineup, and if you had the opportunity to get one of our tickets before they sold out, uh, mark down the date and don't forget to be there because it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's Wednesday evening, June 27th. Doors at 7. Show starts at 7.30. Now, if you didn't get a ticket. Yes. And we are sold out at present. We are. Uh, keep keep monitoring the Twitters, the Twitterers, and the uh, and the website because we are going to try to squeeze in a little more space. We're going to see how the layout works, and so there might be some last minute availability. That's right. For people to be able to get in. Uh, on the other hand, in the event that even that doesn't work and you're you're just completely shut out, you're standing at the door in the rain, unable to get in and <laughs> see the live show, we will be posting it as our season finale Absolutely. on iTunes. So you will at the very least be able to listen to it a few days later. You will, yes. And Almost you'll... live as opposed to actually live. Yeah, and uh, if you are coming, please remember to bring uh, one or two non-perishable food items for the Edmonton Food Bank. And if you weren't able to get a ticket, you can go to unknownstudiolive.eventbrite.com and add yourself to a waiting list just in case someone uh, can't make it that night. Indeed. Yes. So it's going to be a good time. It is. It'll be a great season finale. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. Now, a dramatic reading with Scott C. Bourgeois. Tips and warnings for playing Dance Dance Revolution. Set goals and challenge yourself. Start out on the easiest song, then work your way up to the top. The only way you can get better is if you consistently attempt more challenging songs and levels. Always play songs that are hard, like one foot above your normal level, so you can get better at it and eventually jump up to the next foot. Use your friends. If you are playing with a friend in versus mode and you know that they can clear a song, then try playing the song on a higher difficulty. Even if you fail, they will still carry you through to the next level. This also will earn you some respect in the eyes of better players who are bored of seeing people play the same song on the same difficulty level. For extra practice, buy the home version game for Wii, Xbox, or PS2. This will also save your hard-earned money. If you fail a song, you didn't just waste a buck. It'll pay for itself over time. Get into the rhythm of the song. If you can bounce to the beat, hitting the steps at the proper time is much easier than standing stock still and only moving your feet. Have fun with it, and don't be embarrassed to keep a bounce in your step. 
Don't be afraid to ask other players for advice. Most DDR players love helping out others to show off their amazing prowess at the game. Make sure you don't ask them in the middle of a song. That's very distracting. Use the arrows as a guide. Occasionally, let your own intuition tell you when to step on the arrows according to the beat of the music. Stepping to the beat will be more accurate than trying to time when the arrows visually get to the top of the screen. On faster songs, try to lead the arrows. Look about halfway between the bottom of the screen where the arrows originate and the top where the step arrows are. This will teach you to predict based on the BPM of the song rather than on visual cues. This is a key concept. If you are uncomfortable playing by yourself, bring a friend. If you need the support bar, but own the home version of the game with a soft dance mat, you can put a chair backward behind the dance mat and use the headrest as a bar. Warning, do not fall. It is stupid as it sounds. People have fallen and it is very embarrassing. Make sure the socks you wear for the basic home version pads won't cause you to slip. Sweat can also complicate the pad's surface. Some people prefer to play barefoot as well. Either way, always use common sense and be careful not to disturb others around you. Also, while playing on a soft dance pad, you may want to consider wearing socks instead of going barefoot. Socks are especially helpful on harder modes because they will make it easier to hit the arrows quickly while going barefoot can be harder, as your feet will probably stick to the pad a bit and slow you down. When playing on an arcade machine, wearing shoes or thicker socks is preferable because stubbing your toe in the middle of a song can affect your performance. A belt is often helpful. With all the movement in DDR, even well-fitting pants or shorts can droop or sag. If you do buy a DDR for the Xbox or PS2, be sure to buy a name brand dance pad because the off-brand pads can often have slippery bottoms. Don't play DDR for about an hour after you eat or drink unless it's a light snack or hydrating liquid. Don't distract or talk to players while they are playing. This could throw them off and be considered rude, except some players can actually talk about their lives or even feel philosophical while dancing, which makes them super multitaskers. Don't attempt to try this yourself, though, until you are absolutely sure you can handle the stress. And if you are a girl, avoid wearing a tube top. Also, don't wear really baggy clothing as this can get in the way of your movement. Also, wearing high-heeled pumps may look cool in the street, but they probably won't be when they break off a heel or you end up with a twisted ankle. If you follow these tips and warnings, you too will be a dance dance revolution master. <laughs> it is in a way. It sort of is. It is a somber moment. It is uh, a moment of silence for Guru Digital Arts College. Not because they've died. No, but 
because we just want to show them yeah. tremendous respect. <laughs> James is plotting their demise right now. <laughs> no, I Actually, to, I, was to, I was trying to like kind of like being moment of silence. His mo- he's moment of silence. Praying. Interest- and, then, and then I said they haven't died yet. <laughs> Interesting thing about uh, about Guru is not just that it's run by Owen Brierley, the Dumbledore of digital arts here in Edmonton, but that Dumbledore himself actually won an award last week uh, at the time of this recording where he was named, now I'm going to get this wrong, but Digital Alberta called him like the best digital guy on the internet. I'm pretty on the internet. I think that is, the, that's what the award should be called. I'm pretty sure I fucked that up. But no, he was awarded an inspirational leader in, in you know, the digital community in, in Alberta as it relates to, you know, teaching people about it and marketing and all that stuff. So congratulations to Owen for winning that and uh, to the school yes, uh, for, for having such a wonderful leader. And here's the other interesting thing about what they're doing. You can do night classes with them now to learn how to use, uh, I believe, Photoshop, InDesign, and WordPress. So if you're uh, a geek with no outlet and no idea how to use any of these tools, there's an opportunity for you to learn. And then you Get too can- Get off the comic book resources forum and do something <laughs> good with your life. You That's can right. go and learn Photoshop and then start contributing to cracked.com <laughs> and or- uh, something awful.com. That's right. You can, you can finally have your workout. Or let's there. be honest, 4chan channel B. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> check out <laughs> check out gurudigitalarts.com and uh, congratulations, Owen. And we should also uh, briefly mention. Yes, there is a thing that uh, has got going on. That's right. And if it's you, not just that outfit he's wearing. If you listened to uh, our previous episode and then stuck around a little while after the episode ended, and then you may have heard me mention that we were having a contest. True. Uh, and so I'm going to mention it in the actual podcast <laughs> this time. We're having a contest. We uh, we want feedback. We want reviews. Uh, we had a spurt of them early on when we first started up, and then it kind of died down. But we know we have more listeners out there. So we're doing uh, a contest wherein all you have to do to enter it is go to iTunes and put down a review of our show. And it, it, can even, be, it can be bad. It doesn't even have to be a good review. Can, we prefer be, a good review. Yeah. Probably you wouldn't regularly listen to the show I if you didn't see like James, it. here he goes, cracking his knuckles. <laughs> in some form. Bad things but, are about uh, to happen. There is zero way I'm not winning this. <laughs> uh, For example, I believe I won, I, I declared myself the winner of your, of the Unknown Studios, uh, like six word memoir uh, <laughs> you competition. Did. You did. Uh, he died as he lived, yiffing. <laughs> I'm going to win this guys you should enter because they're a good podcast and the more reviews they get the easier it is to find them and they go up the charts exactly so and uh, so what we're going to do we're going to run it right up until the end of this month so the end of June that's right the end of June everybody who has written an, a new review will the old reviews actually technically already had a contest like this we did which yeah, is how we tricked all of those people yeah. to do it uh, but everybody who enters a new review uh, between the previous review that was posted before I started this in and 2009, June, so yes. it's pretty easy. Uh, we'll just put all their names in a hat, pick one out, and you will win a fabulous prize. And what is that fabulous prize? You will win a $100 gift card to the Traveling Tickle Trunk. So it is not only a fabulous prize, it is a sexy prize. It's a sexy prize, and it works for boys and for girls. Yes, it does. So you can That's get. That's a very limiting look at sexuality. So <laughs> you are absolutely right, James Lee. guy. I uh, <laughs> I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> this is what you do to me. I told you. I, t- I told both of you. Make this as unlistenable as possible. <laughs> 
And if it was unlistenable, please email James at... jleesk at comicstheblog.com. <laughs> oh, shit. Usually I get Brandon's email for these. <laughs> Damn. Fine. B-Shot. That's uh, S-C-H-A-T-Z at comicstheblog.com. Cool. I'm just going to forward all my email to him. <laughs> and yeah, check out comicstheblog.com. Yes. Because that's what these guys do. And also podcast the comics. I assume also available on iTunes. Yeah. yeah uh... Good luck searching for it. <laughs> if you find it, just seriously, kudos. Maybe put it in, maybe put in quotation marks or search for episode titles such as B-Talk. <laughs> so how hard was it, uh, the decision, I guess, and then the process of actually developing a podcast? Oh, it was basically people uh, <clears throat> telling us uh, for a solid six months that we should just record ourselves having our insular conversations with each other while other people are around. Where I look over and someone goes like, <laughs> to be fair, that's face and like sh- shrugs. This is to be fair. Isn't a gesture good for radio? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he was shrugging. Everyone, James was shrugging. It's, uh, pretty much what our podcast is. Yeah, we just wanted to play with microphones and technology and talk and, to interesting people. Yeah, and uh, succeeded at doing that and continued to succeed. Yeah, good times. I yeah. dare say. And it's crazy, like you know, the people we get, we've gotten to talk to because of this. Like we talked to Matt Fraction. Last week, we've talked to Kelly Sudaconic, his wife, who is also, like, one of our favorite writers. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. We've talked to Sam Humphreys twice and stuff like that. He asked to come back, which was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. He was, our fir- he was our first guest, and he and a few months later, he's like, can I come back? I got some books. It would be fun to talk. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazingly easy, isn't it, when you're just like, look, we're doing this thing. Do you want to just have a chat? Most no, people don't. Are pretty no, cool we about don't. No. I mean, no. No, we don't want <laughs> other people. Making podcasts is hard. We don't want other people knowing no that. No one likes that easy. talking. No, we have to bend ears Knees. and threaten That's families. That's not true. I was, ask, I was, I was <laughs> passive aggressively asking to come on for like the last three months. That's true. So it's because, and, and I, I hate conflict, particularly with James. So I was just like, fine, God, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> fine, you can come on. But we had talked about having you on the show. I don't know if we talked about it publicly with you, but we were like, they've got yeah, we've, comics blog. we've still got a list of people who for, I'm not even joking, for two seasons, we've been like, we need to talk to all these people. We've we've made nary a dent in it. We've yeah. still got a list, like a list, page long. It gets longer every year, too. Yeah. It's like, it's not like- We're never going to catch up. There's no shortage of <laughs> no. people doing interesting shit in Edmonton, so. That's really cool. Well, well I mean, we try and do interviews that aren't really interviews. Like, they're conversations like this. Yeah. Well, do you watch Craig, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson? Yep. It's that kind of approach. I, mean, I remember he said, I think it was an interview with Playboy, actually. And he said, like, listen, like, someone comes on, like, they, they're, they're there to sell, like, their product. But the way they do is by selling themselves. And so, you know, we'll just, I'll just talk with them and have fun. And if they want, just be, like, you know, talk about, like, oh, no, it was so great. And everyone, like, on the set is, like, Tom Cruise, we're, like, we're good friends now. It's, like, it's bullshit. And everyone knows it's bullshit. But if they want to do that, fine. But he'll try and derail it. And he'll try and make it a real conversation. Well, and, and that's what an audience wants, too, right? Like, they don't just want to hear them ring off their talking points. I think the best interviewers are the ones who can draw people into yeah. a, conversation into a conversation where when you're yeah. done, you're just like, I wasn't, I didn't come here initially to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I, and I'm, I'm, since I'm Scott, since I'm Scottish made, I mean, <laughs> I'm incapable of saying something good about myself. So I'm not saying we're good at that, but that's our goal. Yeah. And we've seemed to have some guests that have uh, not hated it. I remember it was, well, Sam was our first guest and he, and he ended as like, wow, I actually had fun. I didn't really expect to. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple of people say that in the past too. 
What are they expecting is my question. They, I don't know. Like, just like spotlights and like hot lights bearing down on their head and us grilling them. Well, I think when people think of interviews, they think of, you know, like just kind of boring. Like They think of something tedious. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we, you know, we, also, we, we do quote unquote interviews. We do conversations. And that's it's, what it's, we do. Yeah, and we it's, bill it's, ourselves as a conversational podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's fun for us. It seems to be fun for the guests. Like fraction on Wednesday was like I had a lot of fun. I, I expected to be grilled, and I just and I just and a part of it's because we've written very extensively about his series Casanova on oh, the yeah. site, very in depth, and I so and that's sort of I think how he approached us. He was thinking when he approached us about it, yeah. but I mean, really, it's the fact that I, as I don't people do there are people who do that better. Mm-hmm. John Suntress of the of the Word Balloon Comics podcast does that better than anyone else on any other comics podcast. Comics Alliance. Yeah, uh, can can go into things pretty well too, and and the fact is, you can go to comic book resources or Newsarama or just anywhere on the internet and find people talking about comics they can't actually talk about because they're not out yet, or you can talk to the person about the things that they're enjoying or uh, what creatively they're like doing right now. Yeah, like we talked to Catherine Stewart Eminen for like ten minutes about ten or fifteen minutes just at a con about Hemingway and Hemingway Hemingway exclamation mark the musical. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was and it was fun. Like we we were all having fun. There was dancing involved. There was dancing involved. And it's I find that much more personally rewarding than just like. So what's it like writing Casanova? <laughs> <laughs> Please state your name for the record. We read one of those interviews uh, for Casanova. Oh, and you could tell that that well, you can tell well, you can always tell with an with an interview when the interview subject is just bored out of their mind. Yeah. And when they're just not having fun, and we don't want to, we don't want to even give. If, if if someone's going to dislike be, uh, the experience of being on our podcast, it's going to be for the contents of our personalities. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. That's what I was always taught, though. When you're doing an interview with uh, anyone, uh, whether it's like a, a comic book writer or uh, an artist or uh, someone from a band, mm. you don't want to be like so. Describe your latest work. Uh, explain your inspiration for X. You know, well, like, I did some of those interviews for the Gateway. Yeah, but who's interested in reading that? Where do your ideas come from? Well, yeah. and especially, yeah, and especially the process <laughs> of like putting those to like, like uh, putting those to like transcribing it and then like selecting like now what's good and from that and it's it's such a tedious experience. Yeah, I just like that's why like when we have text interviews, they're minimally edited. The podcast interviews, unless there are like technical issues or a stu- or a dumb joke that uh, that Alejandro Arbona requests be removed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I would have loved to have heard that dumb joke. It was pretty dumb. Okay. I mean, it was pretty dumb. <laughs> and he was he just as soon as he said it, was he like, no, no. Well, we asked him afterwards. It's, ah. He like, answered, and he's like, ah, I'll probably cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we asked, so, and we, we asked, so was there anything, you know, is, is there anything you want to take out? And he's like, yeah, just maybe take out that part. And we went, sure, and the rest of it was awesome. I mean, I talked about bees with him for like literally half an hour. <laughs> bees? Bees. I love bees. They're the best. James loves bees. Why? So, did, so does Alejandro Arbona, and then they came up with a new reality series called Honey Truckers. Because <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, as you may know, co- colony collapse disorder is a thing. Yes. And so as a result for that, with especially, and... Also, bees don't thrive well in like mono agriculture. 
they 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 been, they are, they survive best in an ecosystem where there are a lot of different types of plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so companies will like tr- literally like truck in like semis full of like beehives to like pollinate like ag- agricultural fields. And I think that would be an amazing TV series about <laughs> about the men and women who ship bees across Listen, the country. It can't be worse than goddamn ice road truckers. I'm not saying it was. I was making. I was doing a pitch for it. Have you oh, guys? No, no, no. I'm just. I'm just saying that. That's my response. Like it can't. It can't. No, it cannot. Worse than that. I, there's there's a viable market here. If they've got a show called American Hoggers. Where yeah. a guy with such a thick Southern U.S. accent needs subtitles <laughs> as he chases wild boar around. Oh, the there's, there's those uh, moonshiners. There's also one about uh, <laughs> hillbillies in the Ozarks who catch catfish. Yeah, and there's, and there's that version of that, and it's moonshiners, and it started off as like in like a one hour like special for any or something, and now it's like an, an actual series. And like how interesting. Like, listen, I'm a dude that likes you know the nice bourbon every once in a while, and but I find you know. I will watch a documentary where Stephen Fry goes to a like bourbon distill or bourbon distillers just and, and I have uh, I have a movie about John Cleese and wine. Yeah, and those are interesting. But yeah, when yeah. it's just like Hicks going into the country and being like, "Yeah, the steel's doing good." I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's five minutes of content, man. And he's gotten weird too. Uh, they they have uh, it used to be Tony arts Danza and enter. It used to be what? arts and entertainment. Yeah, I, and the Tony Danza show is neither of those <laughs> things. I think it's. I, think, I, forget, I forget. It's called Teach or Yo Teach. No, no, no. Yo Teach was the, sh- the Yo Teach right. was Jason Schwartzman's character's uh, terrible multi-camera sitcom in the movie Funny People. You're right. Um, but yeah, the Tony Danza show is called Teach, wherein he he has a teaching degree now. He teaches students in in a, a New York public. School system. Why am I conjuring images of Welcome Back, Cotter? And head? and some and sometimes like this was a literal thing he said to a kid. Like a kid's got problems, comes to him and he goes, "Listen, in this episode of Who's the Boss?" No, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, uh, I forget the character's name, but he goes. Character's name had a similar problem, and um, uh, we dealt with it, and it was great. Do that. Now the question is: Have you seen the garbage pick and field field goal kick in Philadelphia Phenomenon? No, I have not. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's a TV, it's an ABC TV movie. Tony Danza did in the nineties oh. where he plays a garbage man who I forget it's due to an accident or something. Turns out all of a sudden he can kick really good field goals. <laughs> you know that bullshit Mark Wahlberg movie that was based on a true story? Yes. This is even better because it's not based on a true story. <laughs> So uh, there's a there's a reality TV show as well now uh, because apparently former stars love making reality TV now mm-hmm. uh, where Steven Seagal is now an actual cop. Oh yeah. No yeah. no 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 no. Highway he Patrolman. Is an honorary deputy. Okay. Yeah. Well he's he, he still gets, has he gone to, to police go on academy. Ride along. Yes. <laughs> but basically he goes around arresting people as Steven Seagal. No no no. He goes around and assisting the cops people. Arresting people. Yeah, yeah. Arresting and he, people. And he, he stands there like him. thinking about his ponytail. <laughs> Is that still on television? No, it's not. No, no. it didn't last very long. <laughs> this was if a show can't survive on A and E. I remember back when they used to show like all those cool like seventies and eighties like mysteries, like mystery series. Like that's how I watched uh, Quincy and McMillan and Wife and the Rockford Files mm-hmm. and um, my personal favorite Banachek. <laughs> is there no way to make money off syndication anymore? Is that why reality TV is is the thing? I know it's really cheap to make and everyone watches well, it. Well, it's because it's 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 cheap new content. Yeah. There's still tons of money in syndication. That's one reason why Conan ended up not going to Fox. Because right, the syndication money. Fo- because Fox runs a one hour shorter weekly primetime. Really? And Yeah, and so they run like reruns like it's, uh, they run reruns of like The Simpsons or like other shows at like at 10pm instead. Mm-hmm. 
and so it's it's so it's dirt cheap for the affiliates. And they weren't going to get clearance across the board because of contracts of. Uh... And, and, and uh, Conan didn't want to be that, you know, didn't want to hurt those affiliates. Yeah. So he was like, and then he got a good offer from TBS. Hmm. We've talked a lot about TV in this interview with the comic people. I try and, well, that's that's the best <laughs> part about comics the blog is that, uh, is that since our own, only editorial mandates are either talk about how we can be better, talk about things we like. We just talk about everything. I, I think I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you did an article on Jewel and how she didn't sell out that one time. No, that's not, you know, you know Jewel's song. <laughs> that intuition? one time, that one time she didn't sell I, out. I believe so. Uh, how long ago did that come out? Uh, two Fridays. Okay. Uh, it, tur- it turns out it's an amazing song that's actually a rather, especially combined with the video, a rather biting critique of the, of the music machine. Hmm. It's basically the Josie and the Pussycats of uh, <laughs> of, two th- of 2003 pop music. So you um, you came to her defense on the internet because you felt an injustice had been done? I just uh, kind of want to talk about Jewel. For <laughs> I remember seeing that get posted and people were like, holy shit, the comic book guy talked about Jewel. Yeah. Obviously I- they haven't read my articles about <laughs> Adventure Time or My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. That one I think most people in certainly that I follow on Twitter read the My Little Ponies one. Well, it's because it got reposted great. on uh I Dig Your Girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Those those are those those are boss ladies. Yeah, they are. They have declared you and us all lesbros, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's a good term. So we'll get a <laughs> badge or something. They, I think they have made badges. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They, they've made pins and if you go to their launch party on the sixteenth, uh you, you can get a lesbro pin. Awesome. Hmm. And though they keep using the wrong phrase in their tweets about like the party, they, they how do, how do you run a site about LGBTQ issues and not say come out to our <laughs> launch party? How hard is that? Maybe they I don't know they just didn't want to call attention to it. I don't know. They're delightful. Maybe they just need a yeah. professional publicist. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, we all, I'm, we I'm, all could I, use I, them. I am offering my services. <laughs> there you go for free. Lesbro James. Is your guy? <laughs> o L original lesbro. <laughs> it's like it's like a PhD, yeah, or an MD. O L. It's like that. It's like that. What if you have uh, something that is just L, and then you get an O L? Then you've got you've got that terrible thing at the end of your name, James Lee Skell O L. Hey, whatever. That's, that's the way it falls. <laughs> Listen, I'm a dude that has given up like any pretenses of having good taste or anything. <laughs> I wrote things I like because I, I I don't believe anyone should be ashamed of the things they like. Do you guys do you guys find? I mean, you've you've sort of nurtured this culture of positivity, but do you ever get people on there who are like who just want to shit on anything that you write or? Very occasionally. Very occasionally, and our our uh, approach to that is to reply with, "Oh, uh, thanks for your opinion." And just kind of leave things at that. Or just ignore it. Yeah. I ignored all the negative uh, comments I got on my article about how Bioware wasn't evil because of their Mass Effect 3 ending. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. There were a lot of people angry about that. There were some people that had strong words about my article where I called them children. (laughs) (laughs) I could see why they'd be upset by that. Yeah. Stupid fair, I called a, a very specific <laughs> writer who then I believe read and retweeted the article. (Laughter) What an ordeal. Listen, if if uh, Forbes is going to write terrible uh, terrible articles, I reserve the right to do to do semi positive rebuttals. Agreed. <laughs> absolutely that's agreed. No, mm-hmm. that's absolutely right. So what's next? If your your uh, mandate is to always improve, I'm assuming improve yourselves and the and the blog, and the content that you write, 
and always be positive, what happens next? Do you guys just keep growing the thing? Do you have other plans? Probably just get better at doing consistent content. Yeah. Uh, we were really good <laughs> As he stares at Brandon. Well, no, just like... we were both really good for the first few months. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we as we started doing different kinds of articles and, you know, we st- for example, we stopped doing – first we did reviews and then we started calling them recommendations and mm-hmm. we do sort of fewer and fewer of them. Because especially between talking about them in uh, our, you know, you read these with your eyes or best of the week or the, or the podcast, it's hard to talk. You know, sometimes, you know, we won't, we will name, we won't name a series one of the best of the week because we've already talked about it twice right. on the yeah. podcast and you read these with your eyes. And so it, it just ends up being a certain natural attrition as sort of the, the content has expanded in certain ways. It's like how uh, Casanova is in our, in our Anthony Michael Hall of Fame. Uh, so that we don't talk about it all the time with each best pick. Awesome. Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall of Fame. Our Anthony Michael Hall of Fame and our, uh, our soundproof pen. John Wilkes booth. Is Anthony Michael Hall in the Anthony Michael Hall of Fame? I hope not. He'd be bumming, he'd be bumming like Casanova out. <laughs> That's awesome. That is very awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, it's time, Scott. Is it? It's really? time because I can feel it sort of down here and around here you're aroused and <laughs> in, in both your naughty places and your brain places i'm ready your thoughtsicles are are you gonna call us erect maybe? i'm gonna call you maybe <laughs> so that means that it is indeed time for adam's favorite part of the show and i of course am referring to the fast 50. But in this case, of course, because we've got two guests Pray. who've never been here before. Mm-hmm. They're getting uh, they're getting ready. Yes, they're doing yeah. some stretches. They're ready for this. Uh, uh. I think that's actually called calisthenics and breakdancing. Yes. <laughs> He's doing the robot now. You can't it, doing more physical actions on our on our podcast that you can't appreciate. Yeah, one day they're they'll invent something where we can watch moving pictures. It'll be amazing. Yeah. And uh until that day. We'll Don't, do the, no one tell NBC <laughs> until they invent the talkies. <laughs> so here we go. The Fast 16 with James and Brandon. Do you guys know the rules? No. There are rules. There aren't really rules. I'm just going to ask you total of 16 questions, the last four of which are wild card questions. Now, the first, uh, let's see, that's 12. The first 12 are standard questions we ask of all our guests. They're really silly. They're things like, well, you'll hear in a moment. Yes. And then uh, wild card questions tailor made to your tastes. Cool, cool. So we're gonna go like we're gonna go James, Brandon, and just you know back. Each and answer forth. the same question. Nope. I'm gonna ask you a question and you'll answer it, and then I'll ask you the next question. So do we each get sixteen or do we get eight each? You get eight each. Oh. But our <laughs> listeners get sixteen. Ah. And isn't that who really matters? Fuck yes, guys. Why did they get preferential treatment? This is horseshit. <laughs> Without them. We'd probably still do this, actually. Yeah, yeah. So. Wait, it's really so that we can hear the sounds of our own voice. Yeah, they're so pretty. Okay, here we go. The Fast 16 with James and Brandon. Number one for James, your favorite food. Oh, dag. <laughs> and we stumped him on the first ha! question. Success! <laughs> I'm trying to think. Dude's a foodie. <laughs> Man, I love, I love tacos. I can't uh, I love tacos. Tacos is a good answer. Tacos is the best answer that I've heard in the last I minute. I exist in a perpetual state of wanting both tacos and sushi. <laughs> <laughs> but if he had to, so you would like that uh, that food truck that does sushi burritos? <gasps> yeah, I saw that on one of those TV shows. 
I've talked about it like four I times on the show. Really? And you're just now shocked? Was that on Eat Street? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's I wanted really that good. truck to just pull up right in front of my house. Right Slowest then. 16 ever. <laughs> no, we're not there <laughs> no, yet. That's it true. Okay, <laughs> second question for you, Brandon. Your favorite color? Red. James, Mac, PC, or Linux? Uh, my personal use? Yeah. Mac. Okay. Uh, dogs or cats, Brandon? Cats. Coffee or tea, James? <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> Brandon, your favorite holiday? Christmas. James, your favorite sport? Either tennis or baseball. Uh, Brandon, your favorite pastime? Reading comics. Of course. James, your favorite music at this particular moment? Bruce Springsteen, man. Always and forever? Always and forever. All right, fair enough. Uh, Brandon, your favorite film right now? Ooh, Hobo with a Shotgun? Really? I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to see this movie. Made with Canadian taxpayers' dollars. Outstanding. Cameo by George Strombolopoulos, man. What? Does he get shotgun? Gregory Ephraim Brown-Smith. From TV's Everwood. <laughs> <laughs> so see Hobo with a Shotgun, and if you can't afford to go see it, just walk down Jasper Netflix. Avenue. It's or like Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix. It is. Well, my girlfriend's going to be really disappointed with what we're watching tonight. <laughs> or she'll be really, uh, like, uh, she'll be really Strangely into it. excited. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then you won't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, your favorite video game. We know it's not Skyrim. I've never played Skyrim. I know. We've talked about yeah. this on Twitter, though. Uh, all time or right now? Uh, right now. And Mass- all time. Answer both. Uh, Mass Effect 2 for right now. I just finished it. I'm just doing that, the last like extra DLC. Okay. I think it's the most, what is maybe the most compelling sci-fi universe I've seen, or almost video game universe I've really ever seen. The IP is really solid for Mass yeah. Effect. Right? And it's incredibly deep. Like There's an article on a site called Pop Bioethics where a dude who actually is, like I believe he has a doctorate in in ethics and bioethics wrote about why it's the most significant uh, sci-fi universe of our generation. I agree. I'd like to see them do tons more games in the Mass Effect universe. Yeah. Well, what I like is he talks about why the medium specifically, like being a video game, lets them be as important as it is. Because, for example, it's just as easy to model an alien as it is to model a human. Yep. And you can really grind down humanity's sense of importance. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then all time, probably... Either Mario 3 or Good Legend choice. of Zelda Ocarina, Zelda Ocarina of Time. I love that game. Nita loves that game. Of course she does. Brandon, if uh, you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. Of course. Flight and invisibility are now, kind of the now, big fl- two. Now, we'll see. Flight or the- fight with wings. Mm. Ah, God. That's a tough choice. Always wings, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, wings look badass. I mean, that's, that goes without saying. I suppose saying. so. Uh, they, would have to, they would have to fold. The only reason why I never choose invisibility is, uh, I would say, about ninety percent due to Clay Aiken. You're if I was invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The line is, if I was invisible, I would just watch you in your room. I had to listen to that at Canadian Tire when I was working at Canadian Tire at least three times a day. It scarred him. <laughs> Terrifying. I would have awful. There dreams. could be Clay Aiken could be in his room right now watching. Him. Clay he could be well, in no, this be fair, room Clay right Aiken now. Clay Aiken is him. not actually invisible. <laughs> Are you sure? His career is. <laughs> oh, there goes the positivity <laughs> right there. <laughs> and there goes all the positivity. Have you heard about President he's Obama? A nice, he's a nice kid. He's a no. He's a nice kid. He's. Uh, I don't listen to his music, but he seems like. I, See, I now like he's the, now he's backpedaling. Like he's trying the, to get know, positive again. I loved his appearance on Scrubs. Yes, that was pretty cool. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. What about his appearance on Thirty Rock? I don't really watch Thirty Rock very much. I didn't catch that. He was on an episode of Thirty Rock, I'm cool. sure. All right, here we are. On to our spam a lot apparently. Wild card question. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a, the first one's for James. Yeah. Uh, name one comic that you wish they would turn into a film. 
Casanova. Yeah, yeah. It's be impossible. It would be impossible Absolutely to turn into impossible. a movie, and it would be unsellable. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to see them try. I would want to see it. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. That. Okay. Brandon, a comic you wish they'd never turned into a movie. That they that they've already made. Yeah, or that's being made that you think fuck no. Um, maybe the way they did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That is a fair comment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. could it like uh, I think Shut has your a potential mouth. potential to be a a great movie. Um, so apparently Sean Connery's gonna slap me in the face. <laughs> he's a, he's a, it wouldn't be the first John. <laughs> All right, James, a, a recommendation for something, uh, a comic that people can read if they're not into comics. What's a good way to ease them in? Uh, well, I mean, I came into it with uh, the Serenity comics. Like, that's really how I got back in. But I think, uh, especially people are into music, mm-hmm. uh, there's a series called Phonogram mm-hmm. done by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. That is amazing. And it's the idea, sort of the elevator pitch is music is magic. Cool. That if you if you can if you can uh, enjoy music to such an extent, it can manifest itself in 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 powerful ways. Yeah, and so I mean, it was really a short-lived, like two different kind of uh, stories or collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, it's often easier for them to start with the second one because it's basically it's six or seven, seven standalone stories. S- yeah, seven standalone stories, all based around like kind of like that Rashomon, like kind of one like one night at a, at a club. Right, and it's different perspectives. Cool, and it's it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And then the, the and then once they dig that, they can go back to uh, the first storyline, which is Rue Britannia, and it's uh, a lot about Britpop. Yeah, and as a dude who grew up loving Britpop, it was very, I I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I understand when people read the read that first and they're hesitant about checking out more. But without fail, when if if they really dig music, when they read the second one, the Singles Club, uh, they really love it. Cool. And actually, I think it's this November. Phonogram's coming back. Sweet. Yeah, they got more famous, and so now they can actually make a go of it. And That's why we get more Casanova, to too. Is this this yeah. is like what they did with the Family Guy and Futurama? It just won't have the same magic. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Now, our last wild card question for you, Brandon. Recommend something for comic lovers that they might not normally read but would love. Whoa. I know that's a tall order, but I figure you're the guy to answer the question. Yeah, it, it's a it's a bit of a tough one, just uh, based off of people's different tastes. Like a lot of times, if they're into indie, they haven't tried superhero stuff. But if they're into superhero stuff, they let's assume it. they're really into superhero stuff. If they're really into superhero stuff, uh, kind of the easiest route to go is is Invincible, uh, which is is more or less a superhero book, but sort of uh, takes the tact of like he can do anything because it's just him. It's his his creation, his character, and he doesn't need it to last any longer than he he needs it to. Cool. Uh, so they do a lot of crazy stuff in it, and, and uh, there's a moment really early on that just like takes the entire series, which you're like, oh, this is fun, and you just go, oh shit, <laughs> and it just changes completely, and it's so great. Also, uh, Robert Kirkman has a very wonderful beard. Yes, he has a luxurious beard. He is very southern from I'm Kentucky. Ah, uh, Kentucky, home yeah, yeah. of bourbon. Hmm. I know um, what you're doing after this. <laughs> Drinking bourbon. Maybe. Haven't had some in a while. But yeah. It's so expensive here. Is it? To get good bourbon, it's like 45 a bottle to start. Like, Otherwise, man, probably Umbrella Academy. Mm, yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Or people really dig kind of like nonfiction comics. I mean, there's like Mouse, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, comic book comics. The history of comic books told in the form of a comic book. By Fred Van Lente and Ryan Dunlavey. Very mm-hmm. cool. Those dudes are boss. And if you like Gossip Girl, 
New York 4, New York 5. Yeah. Uh, those books are so awesome. I feel like we could go on forever. They will, unless w- we stop w- I will, in fact. Yes, okay. They'll well, just keep <laughs> thinking of stuff to pitch. In that case, I draw the Fast 16 to a close. And at this point, thank you both for being on the show. No yes. Thanks for reminding me to invite you on the show today. No, no, seriously, it was that's, great to have you that's guys. That's a positive way of putting it. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's what we're all about, right? Being positive and that other thing. <laughs> I believe I showed up at, at a what the truck event. Was like Scott, I'm coming on the show. By the way, yeah, <laughs> we had this conversation. We had a public conversation about it on Twitter, so I figured you knew. I did know. Now you did. I was That's aware. Nice. I just uh, never met him in person, so I was like, "Who's the strange man who's saying he's coming on the show?" Oh, oh you're yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dude. The dude whose Twitter avatar is Michael Caine riding a bee yeah. <laughs> in, in Journey to the Mysterious Island. <laughs> He and loves and he loves bees and he loves Michael Caine. Picture Kane, of the so. Rock riding a bee. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. It took Alejandro and I ages to find one, <laughs> and then someone photoshopped this. It was him riding a bee. That was pretty bad. That's cool. I mean, bad the way Will Smith meant it in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's it. that's a show that we just did. We just did a show. Yeah. Best one of the millennium. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 70. Our guests, James Leesk and Brandon Schatz. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Now, remind me what goes into a Samsonowich. The Samsonowich? Yeah, that Jeff Samsonow's uh, signature sandwich. Yes, it's... It's uh, two waffles. Two waffles with a Danish in it, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Well, I've had that with fried chicken. And, like, without, and well, chicken, chicken, and with waffles chicken and waffles has yeah, been no. done, but the Samsonowich is two waffles with a Danish in it. It's, it's <laughs> overpowering breakfast uh, treats, yes. really. No, yeah. uh, two Eva sweet waffles. I think was the actual. <laughs> yeah, not just not, not not any of that ego shit. I'm gonna, uh, no, I'm going to do it super white trash. I'm going to do it egos and like egos <laughs> and a pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least get a toaster strudel or something. <laughs> no, no, that's too classy. <laughs> that's too classy. So you see the white trash Simpson away. And then and then just so it's not just dry, some Aunt Jemima. Oh. Are you at least going to warm up the ego waffles first? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's not a monster. He's not a monster. Contrary to what the internet says. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it all goes for the toast. This is this then, is just started out as a very bizarre conversation. <laughs> this is, I told you both like two weeks ago. It was my goal to make this as bizarre and unlistenable as possible. Well, challenge I am accepted. Just getting started. And this is and this is all going to be probably the tag on the episode.